Welcome, guys, to Comic Book Collective. My name is I've Already Messed This Up. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I've Already Messed This Up. What's going on, everybody? My name is Quinn for Com- Comics Collective. I can't say our name today, apparently. It's okay. This is Sonny. How you guys doing? We are uh, minus Nick today. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's somewhere. Uh, yep. Starting off the new year strong, guys. It's it's great. We're down a member, and I can't speak today. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess before we uh we lead off, I need to uh do Nick's uh, wonderful spiel that he's got down on lock. Let's see if I can do it. Uh, so we have Facebook at Comics Collective. Uh, I, I know our name, guys. Um, <laughs> we also have Instagram and Twitter at Comics Collecti3. Uh, as Nick would tell you guys, uh, go talk to your grandma, tell your mom, tell your aunt, uh, tell Stacy I said hi. Tell your hot, and, tell your hot mother too. That's even better, your hot mom. We mm. know Stacy's mom's got it going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, we're uh, we're diving into a hot button issue uh, that our buddies at Comic Storian brought up, and I thought it'd be a really good um, topic for today's episode about trade waiting. Um, so what trade waiting is, in layman's terms, is uh, in the comic book industry right now, I want to say in the last 20 years, it has become an industry trend to uh, write single issues uh, for trade format. That means either a five-part or six-part story that's spread out uh, monthly or bi-weekly, um, but is meant to be one cohesive story. Uh, a lot of that uh, we see at Marvel and DC. Um, a lot and, of it. Uh, yeah, uh, a little bit of image too, but uh, not so much in the books that I'm reading, at least. Mm. Uh, but it, it's a growing industry standard that a lot of uh, fans are speculating that might be killing the industry. The reason why they call it trade waiting is because uh, some people, I guess, are feeling like, uh, what's the point on going out to your local comic book store monthly? Uh, to buy just a piece of a whole story that they will be getting in trade later. Um, so, uh, Willie, do you want to lead us off? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I I don't think it's really ruining the comic industry. I think it's just the way of the times now. Like, well, people they, they people write their comics more episodic now, so it's like okay, like how we watch DVR, we just wait to the end of the season to just watch everything. Because, you know, a lot of books do that now. Again, uh, X-Men does it, as you can tell by they just had the um, what's the book called? I'm sorry, the um, Uh, House House, of X and Powers of Ten. House of X and Powers of Ten. So they just immediately like instead of just waiting for the books, you knew they was going to come out with them all collected in one thing for 60 bucks. So it was just like you might as well just go get it. Get it by it then. I do it a lot, you know. Back when, like, who can afford going to the going to the comic book store and spending five dollars on a book every month when you can just wait and just get it in trade? I do it a lot too. So you know, I'm not really you know into the. I'm, I'm not really trying to push somebody to be like, oh yeah, you should do it. You know, buy what you want to buy. But a lot of the books, I just, my issue for me is that I can't really. I can't really afford spending five dollars a book, <laughs> so I just wait till they all come out and just buy them. Uh, all right. Well, I guess uh, Willie today is playing good cop, which is like not how he usually is. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll play bad cop. Uh, so one of the really great points that comic story had hit upon that I would love to reiterate here is um, the unfortunate uh, side of the industry is that uh, books sales individual books monthly um those sales are predicated as to whether that series gets to continue or not which uh is unfair <laughs> <laughs> uh that's uh that that's nick trying to to reach through <laughs> um, <laughs> we hear you nick uh <laughs> but um yeah so the unfortunate side of that is that comic book companies are looking for those initial sales 
Uh, that meaning that their single issues sell well enough to get trade paperbacks. Right. Um, so the sad side of that is um, I, I can think of a great example, kind of a cult following book. But uh, when the Black Knight series last came out, uh, the book did not sell well. Uh, it was a very good title and it sold massively in trades afterwards. Uh now the book got canceled because the single issues didn't sell. Right. Um this kind of reminds me of TV shows in the way that viewership declines but then all of a sudden on like DVR or Netflix or whatever you see this huge resurgence of people that are coming back to it. Right. Now that it's all finished. And it's kind of sad because there's lots of books out there that I think weren't given a proper chance. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know comic story and I, I can't speak to this, but comic story and use the great example of, um, squirrel girl has been squirrel girl and Gwenpool were the examples that they gave, uh, that were both series that, uh, keep getting, uh, picked up, uh, sales do terrible. Uh, they drop the book. The trade paperback comes out, sells like hotcakes. They get on another series, same thing happens, and they rinse and repeat a lot. Uh, so that's now like several series that are all being, um, you know, picked up and and dropped. And you know, the trade tells the company otherwise, so they try it again, and they still don't find the success that they're looking for. Yeah, uh, it, it's a dangerous game to be playing because the unfortunate. Uh, and you know, Sonny, if you if you feel any different, um, you know, I, I think the unfortunate thing being a comic book fan is that with the uh, with the uptake in movies now and TV shows for superheroes and things from comic book medium, unfortunately, that's not translating to readers. Hmm. I I, um, I kind of I dig that I, I yeah because some you know some people I look at it like from the point of view that some people just don't want to read comic books and then their friends will tell them hey man you should pick up this Squirrel Girl you like it and then they go get the trade like oh I love it but they still mm-hmm. won't go back to the store and pick up the books you know and it, and it just yeah, carries I, on carries on and carries on and carries on like that for some reason yeah I think I think comics are a tricky thing. Uh, I mean, they are essentially a soap opera with powers. Right. So just like a normal soap opera, it's very hard to get somebody in on the ground floor because, you know, even when I started reading comic books, like I was intimidated by like, oh, man, this this thing is already up to issue whatever. You know, should I wait for the series to be finished so I can just read it and trade because oh, yeah. I'm so far behind? Like, true, it's always true. that fear of trying to like catch up. Yeah, true story. Yeah, Quinn, I try to introduce Quinn into some X Men books. You know, t- to get him ready for Dawn for Age of X and um, Powers of Ten. Well, not Age of X. Wait, I always get them confused. Jesus Christ, Powers of Ten and house of x house of x <laughs> yeah house of x piles of 10 i try to get quinn um uh, what's the word i want to say Ant- antiquated with the with a lot of the x-men acclimated, acclimated with the x-men lore and you know he, he first he was like oh man this, this is a lot of history to go through you know mm-hmm. i'll always introduce somebody to some something old so they can embrace the new you know but if, like you said it's it's hard for some people to just jump into something that they don't really know about and be like, okay, this is cool. Like for years, I've been trying to get my wife to read a comic book. I, I started her with walking dead because she was watching walking dead and she just couldn't deal with it because she was like, all right, do you have the next issue? I was like, no, I don't have it. Ugh, why don't you have the next issue? Like, you know what I mean? So she couldn't wait for it. So I just, when I started giving her trades, she started reading them. But after a while she got tired of it. Cause she said she liked the show better. So I was like, okay. Cause you know, yeah, the show, the show was a lot happier than the comic book was because the comic book right. was just like a dark place, period. I think it's an instant gratification thing, too. Like, I like a perfect example of that is uh, The Mandalorian just wrapped up on Disney Plus. And right. uh, the only complaint, if you really want to call it that, it was a compliment wrapped in a complaint, um, was that people were upset that they had to wait a week. 
for a new episode to drop because we're so used to that ingrained culture of, you know, I can binge an entire season right now of, I don't know, you on Netflix um, because that's how that business operates. And I think comic right. books are the same way. I mean, your wife is a great example where she's like, oh man, I got to wait another 30 days for The Walking Dead to drop a new issue. Yeah, I'll right. pass. I'll right, wait. right. And then she forgets about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of people do that. Like book, like even yeah. regular regular comic book readers, they they'll figure the book. He's even out. Like I, for, I, I honestly, I can't remember the last book I remember. I think um, I think it, it was one of those X Men books. I forgot. I completely forgot about the book, and it came out. Like, oh shit, that still is out. <laughs> I thought it was over the last time I read it. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it happens. Oh, but to go back to what you were saying about um. Like weight trading. I want to put this out there. I usually only do that for books that are like uber popular, like X-Men, Avengers, uh, Batman, Justice League, you know, stuff that sells anyway. I usually just wait for those trades and I have to get those like, but if it's like, um, like Quinn can tell you, I like a lot of the um, low tier Marvel characters. Like I get like Ghost Rider, uh, Mm -hmm. Champions, um, like this new book we were talking about called Strange Academy is coming out. I'm going to get the books because I know it's like it's not popular. So I'm going to try to give give, you know, give the company their money. So it's like, right. you know, I, I usually I only do that for main tier books. I really don't usually do that for uh, just just the main books. I don't do that for everything. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, I really like how like uh, Im- like Image had this amazing book. I think they're trying to adapted either to a tv show or a movie now right but it came out last year as this dystopian book and it was called ladybird and at the end of the first issue there was a page where they wanted to like thank everyone for reading the first issue and they made it a point that they actually were not going to be collecting it in trade paperback because the writer and the artist were very firm in their belief that they wanted to do their series as comic books and they missed that that time in their lives that like people would go and they'd chase it, you know, you know, Oh, Sonny, you know, I'm really missing uh fantastic Four two twenty eight. Like I've got to go find that book. I got to go hunt through the back issues. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, un- unfortunately in this day and age, a lot of people uh, don't go singles hunting anymore. Um, Cause, you I, know, I feel you- like, God. I will say, you know why people don't do it? Because you got the people that go out there, you know, they get the buzz of the comic books and they find out, oh, this is a very popular book. And they go out there and they price, price gouge you. You know, you go to a com- convention, a comic con, you're looking for, hypothetically, X-Men number one. Mm-hmm. It's trash from the 90s anyway. But just say, back then, before it got big, you look for X-Men 91. Mind you, the book was like, I want to say maybe... 120 195 maybe two dollars and then you go mm-hmm. to the convention and you're spending ten dollars on the book you're like jesus christ books are crazy now like when you go try to get single issues it's just like insane to get them so that's why people usually go back to the trade again going back to trades because you get to trades get the whole run right um i think that i'm almost in line with um Jonathan Hickman had a great stance um, on Twitter uh, the other day. A fan had mentioned something to that to him about something they saw in a previews guide yeah. about an upcoming issue, and had, like had a question about it. And Jonathan Hickman's Jonathan Hickman was flat out like, "Well, I don't really believe in previews guides, so you're just gonna have to wait for the issue and find out for yourself." And I kind of really liked that answer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're uh, so for for those that didn't know, I, I can't believe we're almost uh, what thirteen episodes, fourteen episodes into this podcast. I actually used to work at a comic book store, and it was the worst. When I remember specifically, it was like the uh, the the Mar- when Marvel first came back with Star Wars books, they had the first run on Darth Vader. I want to say it was like issue two or issue three. Everyone knew. Because the previews guides had announced that there was going to be a brand new character to Star Wars that was going to be introduced to that um, 
to that thing and that uh into that comic book and that was a uh, dr afra at the time and let me tell you we sold out of that book in about five minutes and we did not short order on that book <laughs> people were coming in we had to place a limit on how many copies you were allowed to buy and we were still out before like the store had truly like opened um for very long and it, it's just one of those unfortunate things where there's no surprise to anything anymore right right you know I mean, uh, one of the books that I'm sure we'll talk about later in the, the episode uh, that I read this week was Incoming by Marvel, which is supposed to like set the, the landscape as to what their summer event is going to be. Yeah. But when they were showing the teaser images, everyone looked at the outline and go, oh, this story is about Hulkling. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, there was no real mystery in, in it. And... Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks that stuff like that is kind of ruined, you yeah. know. Um, as as Sonny can tell you, um, there was a book that Robert Kirkman came out with on the opposite end of that uh, that just dropped randomly on a Wednesday, like no announcement, no nothing. It was called Die Die Die, and he created some buzz because all of a sudden it was like, hey, like this mystery comic book from you know the writer of The Walking Dead is like dropping into stores and there's going to be like nothing online about it you know you're gonna mm -hmm. have to come and get your you're gonna, gonna have to come and get your singles like when they drop in the store you know we're, we're showing you no teasers for it we're not showing you any solicits it's not going to be in previews magazine yeah you know it was kind of a commodity i didn't know where it was going i was just excited to to read a new book and i supported the book up until about issue six just on that concept alone um and it was good too it was something different from jonathan hickman too so i mean not jonathan hickman um robert kirkman robert kirkman he did yeah. um it was it was good I, I honestly quinn told me about it i did not expect it to be that good i was like okay he just he just dropped some new news see what's going see what happens or whatever it was really good i i i wouldn't mind seeing this as a tv show honestly i mean hey anything's in the realm of possibility i know that um he got two hit. Uh, he had two hit TV shows already. So yeah, I was gonna say he has uh, Walking Dead. He's got Outcast, and I mean, I guess if you want to count Fear the Walking Dead, although I wouldn't give him all the credit for that because that was an original story. Right, right. Uh, but it, but it spins out of something that was his. So you know, um, but yeah, uh, you know, um, I, I think some things have not been written for trade. One of them, uh, most recently, if we're gonna talk about Marvel. Uh, I, I think X-Men, uh, the ongoing X-Men series, is definitely not written as a as a continuous story. And I really like that. Like every every issue is something different and brings something completely new to the table. And it's not a, ser a serialized comic book. And I kind of like that. Like every month I'm like, OK, what am I going to get this month? And if I don't like the issue, who cares? Wait for the next issue and it'll be something different. Uh, Conan kind of kind of operates the same way too. Hmm. Well, I kind of I, I, I agree with Conan because it's like he always have different tales yeah. of what's of, of you know what's he's what, what's he's doing at the moment. Um, I, the only one I disagree with is X Men. He's writing X Men like an X Men book because that's how the original X Men books were. They were he were whoever wrote them. They were like have one story about one thing, like the next issue be about Christmas or some shit somewhere, the X-Men in the mall and something jump I know, off. But it's but... such a, such a, like a breath of fresh air because comic books don't really do that very often anymore. It's right. always a to be continued next issue type of thing. And I can at least hand over X-Men number three to someone like, I'm just going to use Nick as an example. And he can understand what's going on because it's a beginning, a middle and an end to that story. Right. Although it will fit into the overarching story he's going to be telling throughout his series. Yeah. But uh, comic books need to get back to that. Uh, support, yeah. you know, in short, support your local comic book store in any way you can. Uh, whether it be picking up those trades um, or or subscribing to a, a new favorite issue, I mean, 
I, I, I love that personally. I think um, I'm of the old guard that I really like to come in on a Wednesday and pick up that new new. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pick up that new new. Uh, it, it always gives me something to talk about. I, you know, I love, you know, calling up Nick, calling up Sonny, calling up Josh, you know, being like, oh my God, did you see that thing? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it, it keeps the conversation going. And, uh, you know, th- this is why we, we get to talk about the things that we do on here. I love it. Definitely. But uh, any yeah, other thing that you want to add? No, I mean, I like I said, I don't think that it's, it's, you know, I don't think, me personally, I don't think it's killing the industry because they're just, you know, changing with the times. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, that's that's all I see from it is thinking they just changing with the times. And oh no, yes, it is something I wanted to talk about. I we we get I re, I usually pick up uh, previews like Quinn was talking about earlier. Previews of books are that that you get in your comic book store and they just show you what's coming up in the coming months, like new issues and why not whatnot. Let me tell you about Marvel real quick. How how fucking. Now, this is me being angry now, but I'm not gonna be a good cop now. <laughs> like they they got these books. They got X-Men, they have these books that are coming out soon. And it's called um called the one time I turned the page for it. Do you remember the name I told you earlier? Mm, not offhand. Because I'm holding the microphone at the same time too, trying to turn the page as well. Um okay, here we go. It's called Dawn of X, right? So, oh yes, I do remember you saying. Okay, this. go ahead. So Dawn of X, apparently in the coming months they're going to have Dawn of Dawn of X Volume One, Dawn of X Volume Two, Dawn of X Volume Three, all come out at the same time. And they are trades, but they're trade. Just get get this, guys. Get this fucking bullshit. Dawn of X Volume One will have. X-Men number one, X-Force number one, Marauders number one, Excalibur number one, Fallen Angels number one, and New Mutants number one. 176 pages for $17.99. The first issues. Then you can get Dawn of X Volume 2. X-Men number two. Yeah, I was gonna say two. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Like let me tell you, be wary of things that Marvel and all these major companies put out because they will try to take your money. Now, I'm, I love comic books. This is trash. This is a trash initiative to try to fool people into thinking they're getting something that's like, oh, wow, yeah, Dawn of X. Let me get this no, volume one. Let me get this volume two. It's only the second issue. Volume four has all the fourth issues. Volume five has all the f- fifth five issues. When you can just wait, a you could just you could just wait to let me turn the page again. You can wait to April 2020 and just get the Marauders trade paperback with one through six for the same exact price. And and here was my here's my thing, and I need holy shit earlier because I knew you were going to talk about this. Here's my here's my issue with that. If someone had the intention of reading all of those number ones like that, instead of being like, oh, I just want to read X-Men, just want to read New Mutants, then wouldn't they have picked up the number ones on the shelf? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and this, like, can, this can go along to what you were saying about uh, trade waiting, because they put, they, this is, this is stupid. Like, <laughs> that's, why would you have that? Why would you why would you right. even sell that? This is something right now that Marvel should look at and be like, let's take that solicit back. Cause that's that is kind of dumb that we did that. Let's take that back. It makes no sense well, to do that. I guess once they see the sales numbers, they'll probably change their tune a little bit. But I mean, I, I don't mind them experimenting, but I just feel like that's just a weird idea. It's like if somebody had the intentions of reading all the number ones like that, I feel like they could just go and pick them up on the shelf. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That was just insane. Like, I, I promise you, it, it might not be a first printing, but you're going to find all those number ones on a comic book store that will, you know, have the 
stocked with that kind of stuff. I mean, I know our local store, they order all those second and third printings because what's more annoying than someone who wants to get into a series, but they can't get a hold of that first issue. You know what I mean? Right. Now, there's some corner cases where, like, you know, uh, Nick, for example, was trying to pick up uh, the question after my recommendation on this podcast. And it they sold through the first printings. They had a second printing. And even that sold out. Yeah. So I ended up lending him my issue because I knew he really wanted to read it. Um, but, you know, there's quarter cases like that, sure. But, like, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to somebody like Josh who's not reading X-Men right now and just be like, you know what? This trade paperback full of number ones is your best way of doing it. <laughs> no, it's horrible. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I can't solely blame Marvel on this. Uh, you may not remember this, but again, working in the comic book industry for as long as I did, uh, another thing that really annoyed me was uh, DC for a couple of years had this really bad trend where they would have uh, one one year was called the Villains Month, another year it was called something else. But what they would do is it'd be all these one shots or point ones. It would be like Batman fifteen point one, yeah, and like every issue on their shelf would have a point one. It would be a it would be a single story. But then what they would do is they would collect like all like 52 titles that all had one shots into one giant compendium. And I'm just like, why would you do that? Like all these stories have nothing to do with each other (laughs) other than the fact that forever evil was going on at that time or, or, uh, where we were just focusing on villains. It was just a weird thing for them to do in the first place. Yeah, that, that was the one. It was like the villains win or some shit like that. Yeah. I, well, they did it for like three years in a row. And like, I remember, uh, my owner, uh, like rolling his eyes hard by year two of this. And he was like, this is such a waste of time. And only like a handful of the issues people have interest in yeah like i remember the first time it was like joker's daughter was gonna be a, another character they were reintroducing into dc yeah and like that was the one that everyone bought and other than that like no one gave a crap about their lenticular covers and where she had these right crazy nowhere <laughs> nowhere like she's but not even like, around anymore and shit right so first off you have a gimmick and then you put these 52 titles into this giant compendium, which by the way, I mean, this thing had more pages than the Bible. Um, (laughs) And then you're going to charge them like a hundred to $150 for that. I'm just like, who buys these? Right. Right. (laughs) Like who buys these trades? I wouldn't be surprised. You look on eBay and they like, $20, $30 $20, maybe now. Oh, uh, I swear to God, I saw one at Ollie's recently and it was like a $20 thing where it was like originally like 75 or a hundred bucks. Right. Uh, and you know, I think it was all the future, right? Futures and one shots. Yeah. It, 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 it was, was futures end. Yeah. 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 It was like the, that was the, like the third year. That was like the last time that they did that. They realized, okay, maybe we can't use the same gimmick every year um boy we went way off topic but (laughs) oh no no i'm I'm sure people appreciate it like you know yeah i'm sure people appreciate we talk because because we you know it started with that whole x-men thing i'm like that's the dumbest goddamn yep thing i've ever seen in my life and you know what uh i i just want to put this out there uh just kind of a side piece to uh new readers um, <laughs> side <I'm> piece one... <laughs> <Giggity>. <laughs> 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 um uh, be be smart in your uh in your comic book shopping uh i really can't stress this enough uh you know, our, our wonderful editor here uh, putting these shows together for us, Nick, uh, he is just getting back into comics. And so I've been trying to help him navigate through the crap, uh, trying to not, you know, trying to get him to be a little smarter on like, you don't need to read everything in a crossover right. to get the full story. You do not need to buy every Spider-Man title 
you know, here's what the, you know, you know, I'm trying to explain to him, like, you know, here are, here's what you need to read. And this is supplement in a world where we're paying $4 per issue. I would hate for you guys to overspend on your budget. Uh, I will never forget when I went through my first crossover and it was secret invasion, I believe at the time. And I subscribed to every one of those titles. I learned, I learned the hard way that the incredible Hercules has nothing to do with the main story. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, be smart. Uh, and seriously, uh, do your do your homework. You know, uh, not everything has the connective tissue that Marvel wants you to believe it does. Um, I recently, uh, just this last past month, got very angry that I was duped again by Marvel, uh, and and I brought up Spider Man for that exact same reason. Uh, I'm re- I'm currently reading the Amazing Spider Man. And so they set up the beginning of the next arc as if it was going to be a uh, return to 2099. Well, the actual Amazing Spider-Man story had nothing at all to do with 2099. But there were a bunch of one-shots that all made one cohesive story about 2099. Right. So when I went out and the, and Marvel always has a checklist on the back of their comic books for crossovers, and they told me that I needed to be reading The Amazing Spider-Man and then a one-shot and then go back to another Amazing Spider-Man issue. And I found out quickly that was not the case, and Marvel had just robbed me of $5 by reading 2099 Omega that has nothing to do with the current Spider-Man arc. <laughs> so be smart in your in your um, in your buying habits, especially if you're reading in singles. I'm not trying to discourage anybody from uh, from reading what they like, uh, but you know I, I've I haven't been reading nearly as long as Sonny has, and I'm sure he has stories about times where he has bought things that, in the grand scheme of things, he wasted his money on. Uh, I can tell you a few stories. A lot of the X Men books, a lot of the uh, what, what, what was that that DC uh, event fifty two week week what was it week fifty two or it was just called fifty two yeah, yeah fifty two. So your boy Sonny here was like, yeah, I gotta get this story because it's so good. They had Marvel um, DC DC had this this run this, this storyline called fifty two and weekly. It was weekly. So I bought 52 books going up and 52 mm-hmm. books going backwards. And that is, and in case anyone's not doing the math currently, that is two, that is two years. Dude. Oh, man. I, I Honestly, I can't remember how much those books cost, but I bought them every uh, week. I believe, don't quote me, but I believe they were two ninety nine. All right, so let's put fit, so fifty two plus fifty two. That's gonna 52. be hundred and four times two ninety nine. Well, this is gonna be funny. And we so, are not accounting for tax. Money. And not, not even counting for tax. I got three hundred dollars for, and I had all these books that are worth nothing. <laughs> So Sonny, tell me what so uh so tell me when was the last time you read that? <laughs> the last time I bought it. I never went back. Never read anything because it was supposed to be such a big event and ended up being nothing because nothing lasts in comic books. Nothing. Correct. And I so, did I wasted uh, my money just buying these books week in and week out. You know, yeah, and I I didn't learn my lesson either. See, Sonny learned his lesson. See, uh, your boy Quinn uh, bought all of Batman Eternal. They went nowhere. Uh, your boy also bought all of Future's End. <laughs> Dude, half the shit in Future's End never happened. Like, who was the black guy with the cape, with the flag cape? Nowhere to be seen in all in DC Comics yet. No, no, we haven't uh, seen him. He's- 
the <laughs> the fact that you don't know his name and I don't know who you're talking about and I read every single one of those issues tells you how much of an impact that that book made on me. <sighs> but but here but here's my biggest flaw and I will leave it after this. Here's my biggest flaw, okay? Uh it, it's a good thing in the working environment, a terrible thing in the comic book environment. If I start something, I'm going to finish it. Right. And so the fact that I had invested both my time and my money into those books, I, in my head, couldn't bring myself to cancel it. So I suffered myself through a year of books that I could not say that I remember, and that was less than five years ago. Yeah, because when that happens, you that means you had no... It, it didn't touch you at all. You're like, it just... No. <laughs> and and comic, it, it comic books so are not supposed to be that way. Yes. Comic books are not supposed to be that way. If, the, if, it, if, if you read a book and it doesn't impact you anyway, it's like Quinn said, it's fucking soulless. Like, don't even right. do it. Like, it's, it's just terrible. Like books, when you read books, you're supposed to have a, a everlasting effect on you. Like all my X Men books that I Quinn can tell you, I have I have boxes of mm-hmm. X Men books and boxes of Avenger books because they meant so much to me that I will not ever get rid of them ever. And I still go to. I, I missed it last Sunday. It was a convention here. I go to conventions and just get. I fill in my boxes, fill in my boxes, fill in my boxes, fill in my boxes with single issues. Some people still do it. I do it every every mm. now and again, but I will never. I don't think it hasn't been any runs lately, recently anyway, other than the new X Men stuff that I I'll be buying trades for because I won't buy them individually. But it's nothing like that. Nothing touches you. Then if you can't remember it, it's not worth. It. Yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of things that uh, that touched you, I guess this is our, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get into comic books that we read in the last couple weeks. Um, we, uh, you know, despite our, our weird schedule of putting up our podcast, uh, we have not uh, we, we have not talked about uh, the last two weeks of comics. Um, yeah. So, uh, Sonny, do you want to lead us off on that? All right. So I'll tell you about the book that I read. I think it came out Wednesday. X-Men number four. Holy shit. This book. Oh my God. The X-Men, they go into a like a peace summit or something. So they come in yeah. big boy in Switzerland. They come in in style. Like they come in with an X helicopter jet thing. It was dope with big X on the front of it. I love when they put X's on everything. <laughs> they come out. I like in my head, I read the book. Like they like I see Gorgon. Gorgon used to be a member. He used to run the hand and Hydra. Gorgon has one of the things that a lot of things that Wolverine's vil- former villains, he has something on all of them. He's killed Wolverine before. Mm-hmm. Like he killed Wolverine, recruited him to the hand, brought him back to life, and had him go out and kill other heroes for like a year. <laughs> and people forget that that Wolverine was a member of the hand for like a year and was killing other heroes to recruit them for the hand so the hand could have a bigger army. It was amazing. An amazing story. Uh I suggest it, it really was. <laughs> it's, it's called Wolverine Wolverine Enemy to State. Now that's a trade you need to pick up because it was amazing. Wolverine got was Wolverine, that uh was that Mark Millar? I feel like that was Mark Millar. I think it was. Um, yeah, but this the story the, the X Men number four they come off the jet and they like it's like like Quentin Tarantino type shit they just come off in my head I see them getting off the plane in slow motion and shit like they all in suits it was dope so they go to this they go to this meeting mind you Xavier has been assassinated in the previous issues so they come up there like it's nothing happened uh, Apocalypse is with them Magneto. Xavier, Cyclops, and Gorgon, as I just said. Um, they get up the jet, and the human is talking to him, talking to Apocalypse. And he's like, you know, what can, what do I call you? Do I call you N. Chabonneur, or should I just call you, um, should, should I call you, can I call you Mr. N. Chabonneur? He's like, you call me a lot, you just call me Apocalypse, because you're, you're not worth calling me by my real name. I'm like, damn, that's how we doing it. <laughs> That's how we doing it. We're gonna be here for peace. <laughs> Treat her like yeah. 
Like, and the fact that Apocalypse has a suit on just brings G shit to a whole new level. Like, who made this motherfucking suit <laughs> to put a suit you know, on? You know, kind of going off of what you're going to say. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I know you're going to dive a little more into the issue, but I don't... See, I, I like this X-Men run because I don't feel like they are completely... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Everything's morally gray in that book. I I don't think the mutants are completely uh, blameless, uh, but I also don't think uh, I, I don't I don't think they're uh, I, they're provoking. Well, let's just say it. they were definitely provoking in this issue. They're not making the humans feel any more uh, any safer with what they discussed i dig that but i have a counter i have a counter state to what you just said yeah go ahead because they're provoking because his it was only what a week when they first had that uh when xavier before xavier had that one thing when he he had that that, that psychic broadcast they had a week and then they found yeah. a way to they found the humans found a way on their island to assassinate him. And obviously it failed because at the end of the book is like, you know, one oh, it wasn't a week, it was a month. One guy says, We cannot trust them. How long do you think until someone blinks and this peaceful detent disappears? A month. What? One month. That's all it took for you to send someone to Krakoa to kill me. It was unsuccessful, obviously. I cannot be killed, not like, not like that, and not by the likes of you. We didn't send anyone to kill you. It wasn't us, they say. It was them, the bad humans. They always say. Humans are the worst. It was only one month before they sent someone there to assassinate them. Not even that, and even in the other issues, people are still coming to Krakoa, which kind of, you know, it's kind of getting dumb now that everybody keeps just coming to Krakoa when they fucking feel like it. But... <laughs> You know, well, I think that I, I think that goes back to cohesiveness. I think the problem is that if you're just reading some of the books, then you're not seeing it as much. Like I'm not reading X Force, so like the only thing that I've seen is those botanists that have made it onto the island. But if you're reading it as one whole co cohesive story with Marauders and the X X Force and all that, then yes, there has been a lot of people that have come onto the island. Oh, yeah, so a bunch <laughs> of people coming on. You got the Golden Girls. You got the the, <laughs> the Golden Girls. <laughs> the, the, the quasi Reaver type characters. They're not Reavers, but they like Reavers, but they're not. Uh, right. Then you have uh, these other human dudes. I don't know who these guys are. They just they destroy Wolverine in one issue. I can't wait to read the next X-Force issue. But mm -hmm. it's consistently something's happening to the X-Men all the time. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, if you go... I, I wish I could talk to Kirkman. Not Kirkman. Um, I'm so bad with names. Hick Hickman. Hickman. I wish I could talk to Hickman and just, like, sit with him and just talk like, all right, what are we going to do? I'm a big X-Men fan. What are we going to do? The X-Men could not keep getting duped up on their own island. The island was there for a reason. People cannot keep coming onto the island. Are we going to counterattack or what? Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that's, I think that is the, the, the cool thing though, is that I think he's doing that on purpose because it's showing that neither side is invincible or, you know, or, um, or blameless either. You know what I mean? It's like I, if if we're really being honest with ourselves, and you really think back, uh, the first person to piss off the other uh, in Jonathan Hickman's context of the story was when was when Cyclops told the other heroes that he has been cool with for a while that they were taking Sabretooth and there was nothing that they could do about it. <laughs> You know what I mean? They wanted to put him through justice system and everything, and Cyclops is like, uh, yeah, screw you. Um, so... But you remember, it initially took them, though. They did take Sabretooth, though. They did. Mm -hmm. They did. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those interesting things. It's like, uh, they, they, they're talking about peace now with the humans, or, or at least some kind of, like, 
cease of animosity. I don't think the mutants want to have anything to do with the humans anymore. But it's like it's one of those things where I feel like they're they're going to be provoking each other a lot. Yeah. Because what happens when the next, uh, you know, Magneto type character uh, blows up a school bus full of kids and then Cyclops comes through a portal and tells the U.S. government, let's just say, because it happened on U.S. soil, that they aren't allowed to try them for their crimes. You know, it's like, I, I get where you're coming from, mutants, but also if it happened on their soil, maybe they're the ones that need to find their justice. Because now you're basically removing them from the equation, and now the humans feel like they got no justice for what had happened. And the other way around. You know, if the, if the humans attack mutants on their soil, if, if I don't know, the president shows up and is just like, oh, yeah, we'll take this human off your hands. They're going to be like, screw you. He attacked his or he attacked our island. Right. You right. I, mean? uh, I, I think they're I think they're both poking each other in the wrong places. And uh, I, I'm very nervous and excited to see if this all comes to a head at some point. <laughs> Definitely. Because you know what? It's not just going to be the humans. One day it's going to be like, well, now we have other heroes involved. Now we're looking at another AVX situation, but way more political. And I'm excited to see something like that. Maybe not that exactly, because I do not want them to rehash the same story that was told. But you know it's coming. And, uh, you know... Uh, that's why I'm so excited for uh, uh, Chip Zdarsky is going to be doing that Fantastic Four and X-Men crossover uh, very, very soon um, where they're going to try to pull uh, Franklin away from the family to join them on Krakoa. And uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. That could be that could be trouble for either side. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be a uh, it's going to be something. <laughs> it's an X-Men yeah. fight. The X Men fight the Fantastic Four. It's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be something when that happens. Like that's one of the books I'm definitely looking forward to when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Because as I've been saying this for years. Franklin should have been learning that thing is A B Institute. Uh, I, I've said this for years. He should have been there. Should have been there. You know, he should have been there. I mean, it's also. A fa- I don't know if they're ever gonna play into this in the comic, but it's also. I think. Uh, kind of like fighting over a nuke whichever side has him uh will be better off for it uh he's an incredibly powerful mutant uh when he uses his powers the right way um so it 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 would be a little scary for the x-men to have him in their current state of mind uh but i also don't think that the fantastic four values him in the right way either See the th- um, the thing you you say X their, their current state of mind they just being separatists they making money off humans with this drug. I kind of I mean they they're I mean they kind of threatened them for it you know what I mean. Well, what happened? It took them a they was attacked a month in. I get it, but I mean at the same time they didn't know who exactly had done it, and they're blanketly saying, you know, you humans, and it was like no. It was a particular group that had a problem against you, you know. Mm. But that's that's why I'm loving these books is because we can have these arguments. Because Jonathan Hickman has said in interviews that he's trying to make the X Men morally ambiguous. You know, you can either root for them or against them and enjoy the book. And I love it because I'm I'm doing I'm doing a little bit of both. I see mm. it from both sides of the fence, and that's why I really want to see some kind of conflict coming in the future. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I think they're, I mean, at the end of the day, they've been persecuted for so long. They're just like, yeah, yeah we finally on top. Fuck you, human. Fuck you, flat scans. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, see, yeah, I mean, I, I've been thinking about it like, um, like I'm, I'm taking the whole mutant thing out of it when I'm, when I'm reading it sometimes. And even I think like, man, what if like, let's just say Hawaii was never part of the United States. But, you know, so Hawaii comes out and they're like, hey, like, we want you all 
to represent us as a nation. And everyone's like, screw you, you little tiny island. And they're like, well, cool, but we have this wonder drug that's going to cure cancer. So do you want to cure cancer? Or do you want to be the guy to tell your people that you don't want to cure cancer? And so they're like, you know, so everyone else, you know, if the big world superpowers would be like, are you trying to like, you know, black, like blackmail us basically into taking your taking your drugs? And they're like, that's exactly what we're doing. And you're also going to leave us alone while we do it. <laughs> you know, how would the world respond to that? Probably in the same way they're doing in these X-Men books. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, you know, I I can deal with it because they've been they've been you know, the X-Men has been deal. I've been reading X-Men a lot longer than you. It's yeah. just like, you know, Days Future Past. You got um God Loves Man Kills. You got just all these different stories. You got Evil Extinction. Well, Evil Extinction was Magneto bullshit. Um but you got the uh, the the the, the notion stuff, fatal attractions, and all those different things. They always attacked, and this time I'm happy that you know that all the mutants are under one nation. Um, it's 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 just cool to see, and people keep coming at the X Men like, look, y'all, we're not playing with y'all anymore. We're not playing, and goes along with the book. They have the one of the greatest assassins. One is the greatest warriors on that team now. They have Gorgon now, the dude to kill Wolverine, like I was saying earlier. Like, this dude had a whole monologue when he took out a, a crew of mercenaries trying to kill Xavier again. Mm-hmm. He maimed them. He was like, look, I learned from the best. You know, a long time ago, I would have just killed you all, but I just cut your arms off because I want you to live with the shame. I want you to live with the shame with trying to stop something that's, that's better than you. Know your place, human. Like, yes. Like, always stop fucking with, stop fucking with the X-Men. Stop it. Like, the, y'all, yeah. they, they, at this point, they're unbeatable. If, if, if I want Gorgon on a team. <laughs> See, that's, that, that's the thing I love and, and I, I love and hate at the same time. And I'm, I'm using hate as like, a, I hate to, you know, I hate to read it. I love to read it. Uh, is that, um, exactly what you said is the reason why I, I say they're morally ambiguous is because you said, you know, Gorgon told them to know their place as if, you know, they're going with that, uh, with that extremism, idealism that, uh, Magneto always had where they are thinking still that they are way above the majority of the population of earth. Well, they are. That's what, that, that's what rubs the humans the wrong way. Even if they are, in the past, with all those stories that you mentioned, Xavier always had that hum that humble that humbleness about him and was also kind of hopeful for that peaceful resolution where like now they're at that breaking point where they're they're like, yeah, there's no other I'm sorry. It's like we're gonna deal with this now. <laughs> and I and I think it's sad that like if we really wanted to look at it, if anything, it's Xavier's uh, fall of ideals because he now knows that that doesn't work. Right. It's got to change with the times. And it's sad, but, uh, you know, now we don't have that. Uh, we It seems like we don't have those cards on the table for a peaceful resolution. It's either leave us alone or we will make you. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, they still have rules. We cannot kill humans. Right. You know what I mean? So it's still peaceful, but if you come at us, we're going to come at you. We're going to come at you hard. We're not going to kill you. We're going to humble the fuck out you. And that's what Gorgon did. He humbled him. So now you got to run around with just one arm the rest of your life because you're like, I chose to try to go after mutants and this is what happened. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But, you know. So I'm going to jump to my book so we are uh, not going over on time. Uh, but, man, let me tell you, um, so I was in love with Jason Aaron's Thor run. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I read it for seven years and it, it got me into a character. I otherwise did not give two craps about him. I mean, truly, I, I had no want or desire to read Thor. Um, I fell in love with the story and unfortunately it came to an end. Um, and I, 
I had to decide because that was one of my many books that was ending. And I had to decide, you know, do I have, do I want to leave it at that? Cause it had a, like a finite ending, you know, like it's one of those books kind of like Jeff John's Green Lantern run where like when you get to the end, it's like, if there was no other store stories ever that, I mean, it has a resolute ending to it. So when I found out that Donny Cates was going to be doing a new Thor book, um, I, I like Donny Cates as a writer. Uh, I just didn't know how I felt about picking up a new run on Thor. I was like, well, where do you go with this? You know what I mean? Like he's king now. And, um, you know, how's that going to be interesting? Um, and boy, he proved me wrong. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, Adored Thor number one. Um, I I mean, he addressed every issue I thought I was going to have with someone following Jason Aaron's Thor run in like one issue. Um, I I loved all the subtle nuances. So Thor is um, is the you know the the king of Asgard now, and uh, he freaking hates it, which is perfectly in line with his character uh thor has always been that uh blunt force to any opposition problem and now he has to think about you know his, his subjects keeping peace they just went through a terrible war uh that kind of went through all the realms right uh, so now so now he's kind of had he kind of has to to rein it back a little bit he's no longer a soldier or someone fighting for his own merits and uh loki kind of taunts him on that and i love that exchange where thor humbles loki and was like uh i'm sorry uh you're a king of another nation uh is it still not custom to bow before you know uh, a king that you're visiting right right and you know uh I i thought that was i thought that was really uh really smart and then right as Loki is about to leave, he notices Thor uh, trying to pick up Mjolnir and Mjolnir is getting heavy for him. And he calls him out on, he said, he says the hammer is getting heavier, isn't it? And you know, Thor tries to brush it off, but I, I, I didn't read that as so much. He was not worthy, but that maybe um, because of the kingly duties. I mean, again, we don't know if the hammer is sentient in Donny Kate's run yet. Uh, like it was in um, in Jason Aaron's run, um, but it seems like something's going on uh, between you know Th- uh, Thor as a person and his attachment to Mjolnir, um, and you know he's very hesitant being king, and so the issue uh, sees him you know finally uh, going to be. Uh, addressing his subjects and he's very nervous about it and right when he is about to make his his first speech as king galactus comes uh crashing down onto asgard and uh it sets up a really cool mystery Uh, i'm gonna let you guys read it for yourself to find out what happens but it it sets up a really cool mystery and one of the things i really love about donny cates if not with the rest of the marvel universe donny cates has made sure that every story he has written at Marvel has all had threads back to one another. And I love that about him. I mean, he just penned a really cool Silver Surfer book. And Silver Surfer shows up in this issue um, as the Black Surfer. Uh, we know from previews that he's going to be addressing Beta Ray Bill, who is last on his Guardians run. Um, he's also dealt with uh, Galactus. Um Galactus and Cosmic Ghost Rider is a character that he created. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, th- I I wouldn't be surprised if we who's, saw um, who's also in Thor number one. Yes, yeah, it's, that's why I mentioned him. Um, but uh, I I just really love all of the little seeds back to his own stuff. You know what I mean? Even Silver Surfer in his miniseries they did with him, he was fighting against Null, who which which was a thread back to um both both the Thor run from Jason Aaron and a callback to his Venom run. Right. And it's just really smart how he's able to like connect all these small threads back to books that wouldn't necessarily meet any other way. 
Um, and I, and I, I just think that that's really cool. And so I, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Um, uh, this this run, or at least this arc, uh, looks like it's going cosmic, yeah. Which is something we haven't seen too much from the last Thor run. Haven't um, seen from Thor in a long time since, like, I want to say, like, the the sixties or seventies. Because remember, Thor was always in space back in the day. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, I mean, the only other <clears> time <throat> I can think that he really went cosmic, I guess, if you would count the King Thor run that just ended that four issue miniseries that um, that uh, Jason Aaron just did. Yeah. But even that, like, it didn't have that same like space adventure, let alone. Yeah, you know, it, it was more like an adventure set in space, not a space adventure, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see where this book goes. I, I really hated the design of Thor on the cover. And now that I understand why it is the way it is, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. And I'm on board with it. Yeah, um, it, it definitely makes a lot more sense because I, did, I, I didn't like it either. I thought it was something completely different. And now I was surprised that it wasn't. I'm like, oh, OK, I get it now. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, go check out Thor number one, guys. Uh, it, it's a good launching point um, if you want to start something brand new. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I can't wait to see Better Ray Bill back with Thor because uh, he's been kind of hopping around different books. He's been on Annihilators. He's been with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he hasn't really been around for Thor. Uh, so I'm excited to see that partnership again. Yeah. But uh, is there any last thing that you want to add, Sonny? Uh, no, just go out and pick up your books tomorrow. Pick out your books tomorrow. Have fun. Enjoy yourselves. That's all I got to say, you know, because it's late. It's what, almost 1030 here in, in Maryland. So. Yep. So, uh, guys, uh, just another reminder, uh, Comics Collective <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, we also have an Instagram uh, that we need to get better posting on. Uh, we do have a tw- we do have a Twitter. Uh, so Instagram and Twitter is at Comics Collecti three. Uh, and uh, until next time, I am Quinn. And this is Sunny. And we are out here. Yeah. <laughs>